Outside the stone-clad house, daggers of rain slashed at the windows. The sky was a splendid show of terror. In the thin-soiled hills beyond Trugan, snowy-faced sheep ran and scattered. The ill cattle, with their sturdy frames and shaggy hides, being of a more obstinate constitution, packed themselves brisket to flank in the windbreak of a craggy cirque. On that lightning-scoured night, a decade past the purging of the Black Death, which knew neither class nor calling, and less than a century after the exigent Edward I had thrown his stone yoke of castles about the necks of the Cymry, a life was delivered to Wales. A beginning amidst the cataclysm, and a glory, as any child, in the making. The midwife Enid pinned the wriggling babe under an age-spotted forearm. She blotted at his cheeks with a frayed strip of linen and hoisted him up, unclothed, for his new mother to see. His legs kicked at the air with all his might. He has strength, tis certain, she heralded as he gulped in air. Dried blood tinged the creases in her knuckles. She laid him in his cradle. You'll not get a wink of sleep till his belly's filled. With a steady hand, Rhiannon helped her lady to bed and moved the peat brazier closer. Hélène, wife of Griffith Ficann, who was off fighting in France, had delivered the boy straining and squatting upon the planked floor of a parent's chamber. She had cried out not once, though the pain of birthing had been fierce enough for her to wish herself unconscious, it was only the wooden handle of a spoon, clenched hellishly between her teeth, which rescued her mind from the stony bulging in her loins as the baby had rammed his way out of her. The old midwife dabbed her wrinkled fingers in a horn mug of water, then caked them with salt from a wooden bowl. After rubbing little Owain's slimy skin with the paste, she wiped her hands clean and dunked a honey-smeared finger into the infant's mouth. He sputtered and finally swallowed. Soon his pink tongue licked at the roof of his mouth and his lips puckered into an O. She settled the boy onto his mother's bare stomach, still bloated and tender. Dark blue irises, like sapphires sparkling in the bed of a mountain rumlet, gazed in adoration at Alain. His left fist, with fingers barely broad as a spike of sedge-grass, opened up and kneaded at her blue-veined breast. All the while, his bright eyes never strayed from his mother's worshipful face as he studied every detail there. Faintly, Hélène smiled. He winked, or so it seemed, and curled his strong digits around her thumb. Hélène crooked her neck to place a kiss upon his salty knuckles, and her tussled auburn hair brushed against his skin. Deep in his throat, Owain gurgled in delight. There now, tall and strong he'll be. Hélène beamed, then added with a mother's vain pride, and charming as a fresh-born lion cub, small and helpless this day, a danger to those who would cross him later. Lion indeed, Rhiannon tugged at a heap of blankets to cover a lady.
He's a babe, and soon to take chill if you don't cover him. Children were born every day. But he was no common child, this smiling little Owain Ap Griffith Fikan. He had noble blood, and much of it. His father had inherited two rich lordships through his descent from the princes of Powysfadog. His mother's house traced its lineage from Llewellyn the Great, Prince of Gwyneth, and Lord Rhys, last Prince of Dehabarth. So much greatness to be realised. So little matter as he clutched his mother's thumb, anchoring himself in a world that was new and full of wonder for his glittering eyes to behold. An infant yet, he knew nothing of freedom, or what it meant to be without it.